Like That Podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Calvin. Will we like that? Welcome back to We Like That Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Because we like that. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about three things we liked from the previous week. What were some things you liked, Calvin? We went to a basketball game. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Went to the CAA tournament. Checked out a couple of games. That was nice. Had a friend join us. That was cool. The only thing I did not like is they only had limited food choices. Okay. Other than that, it was pretty dope. Okay. And we did. We went and watched three sets of games? Four? Three. Might have been four. I think it was three and a half because we left in the middle of the last one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think we watched Drexel. Mm-hmm. Versus Stony Brook? No, Drexel versus Monmouth. Okay. And then we watched William and Mary versus Elon. Elon, yeah. And that was the first game. We watched Stony Brook versus North Carolina AT&T. That was the third game. That was the third game. Best band by far. <laughs> by oh far. my God. The the band, and it was just amazing. I think they're, they're HBCU, right? Yeah, they're yeah. HBCU. So... When that band started playing, even though they had limited uh, instru- uh, instruments, they had a brass section and pretty much a drummer. Oh, you could tell the difference between the drummers from each school versus the uh, North Carolina A&T guy. Mm-hmm. It was night and day almost. The dancers were night and day. Everything on I was that un- team was okay. night and day. <laughs> I was uncomfortable with the dancing. She didn't get uncomfortable until like the last dance group. Uh, with the, the uh, yeah. spirit team. Yeah. Because they're wearing the nude capizios. They're wearing the shoes that are supposed to make your feet look like you're not wearing any shoes, which is used for like a lot of contemporary dance. But then they're dancing, they're trying to crump to ludicrous. And they're all very white children. And I'm just like, oh no. I also don't like how they change certain songs, the beats of certain songs. Mm-hmm. And it just ruined it for me. They're trying, well, so they're trying to modernize it by keeping it at a, like, a high pace beat. What they did to Another One Bites the Dust is a a shame. Uh, Someone should be in jail. Well, I mean, it was clear all the kids were very excited to be out there and performing. Some of the teams looked like they were having a really good time. The cheer teams and the um, spirit Teams? Spirit chair teams. I don't. They look know. some of the some of them look like they were having a great time being out there and performing. However, there was uh, in my eyes there was a clear favorite as to who was doing the best job, and that was North Carolina AT and T across the board. My thing was the the sound quality of the band. Mm-hmm. Like you heard their instruments, where other bands. Even though we were closer to the other side, you yeah. can barely hear their brass section. Yeah. Whereas eight, uh, North Carolina A&T, their brass section was Christine Crisp. <laughs> Christine Crisp? I can tell every note they're almost they were playing. It, you can tell notes. You can, literally can tell the song they were playing. Mm-hmm. Every song. As soon as they started, you're like, oh, I know what that is. It was great. 
Um, unfortunately, their basketball team. Not so much. Not so much. But that's okay. We got a great show. <laughs> but no one ever goes to HBCU HBCUs for the game. They always go for the for the the, band. uh, the bands. Uh, but I will say, uh, and the step shows. The basketball team had Stony Brook running for a little bit there. It wasn't a big difference. North uh, North Carolina versus Stony Brook. Stony Brook won seventy six to sixty one. So it's not a huge, huge gap. Yeah, just yeah, they tried. It was good. So, what else did you like about this week? Um, the other things that I liked about this week, I stumbled across <laughs> Ham You on TikTok. If you don't know what that is, oh my god, that is basically Black Hogwarts Academy. Ham You stands for Hogwarts Agriculture. And something else. Because all, it's an A&M. They're trying to do Hogwarts A&M University. <laughs> it's been all over Facebook. Oh, it was on Facebook too. It's all over Facebook. So it, it's a little bittersweet for me because it comes with a controversy. Oh, God. What, what, what's wrong now? Well, okay. So the reason all of this is coming to the forefront right now with Hogwarts is because that Hogwarts Legacy game either dropped or is about to drop. It dropped. Okay, it dropped. And it's on pace to being one of the biggest sellers for the year. However, it's connected to J.K. Rowling, who is a known turf and has put out there that if you like any concepts of hers, because you know all that money goes back to her, that you agree with all of her sentiments, including being transphobic. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, she put that declaration out there. Uh, I don't even know what that means. It mean, She's saying, how could you possibly think I'm wrong if you like Harry Potter? What are, what are her stance? I don't even, okay. Her stances are basically that she feels um, being trans is not a real thing. She feels like uh, trans women are not women and they shouldn't be counted as such. They're a danger to society. She puts her money up. Um, for politics, especially in the UK, to create laws that would basically bar anybody from becoming trans in the first place. So she's saying if you buy this game, that's what you believe in? Yeah, she's saying if you buy the game, if you watch a movie, if you read the books, anything related to Harry Potter, you agree with her. And she feels like it's a witch hunt towards her that people find that these beliefs she's touting are incorrect. She even created a new podcast based oh, around that, saying that it's a witch hunt. Now. I'll be honest with you. She does have a point. Oh, no. Here's why. Oh, no. If you're supporting her and you know she's saying these crazy things. Mm-hmm. You got to finish, finish that sentence. I'm just saying you're kind of proving her point. But at the same time, too. She doesn't understand. People can separate the person from the art that they love. So apparently a lot of the trans community and the Jewish community wanted people to boycott the late, the let it, like, can we talk the latest game to come out because of the anti-Semitism that's in it and the transphobia naturally that's in it. Unspeakable to them. 90% of people that bought, bought that game don't even know what's going on. Well, they do, but they bought the game anyway. I don't think they do. I think they do. I, I'm telling you, a lot of a lot of those people probably don't. Okay. And don't even care. Well, that part for sure. They're in their own little world, in their own little box. I agree with so that. So I don't think they even know a lot of the stuff she's saying. So the issue though is that is some... she right? Who? Who? J.K. JK Rowling? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. 
I don't want to get canceled. She's she doesn't believe in genders or believe in gender pronouns. So okay, so enough about her. Yeah, but basically, so it, it's people feel like all of the ham you stuff, all the Hogwarts A and M Black Hogwarts stuff mm-hmm. is part distraction from the fact that these other communities, these other minority communities, want the boycott. So it's bittersweet because some people are like you can fall for this stuff and fall for that rhetoric and fully immerse yourself in this world if you want to but you're supporting a turf or you can listen to these communities and abstain i like how these communities want us to have their back when they're going against something but when we're going against something it's hard to find them too black trans people exist gabby uh what's your face I'm just Did saying. a whole speech with Dwayne Wade. I know. I'm just saying. Gabrielle. Yeah, whatever. I'm what just is saying. her last name? Me? Okay, yes. She did a whole speech about how the black community is not supporting black trans people. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I enjoyed all of the black Hogwarts stuff that came across my page. But I also understand the argument that's out there about whether or not to support it. I haven't bought the game, but that's mostly because I don't play any games. So, you know, there's that. The game is not my cup of tea, mm-hmm. but I've watched some YouTubers who are playing it. Okay. So, it's I all just, on you. I do wonder, how do you balance the nostalgia for something versus what other people want from you? Same in way it? we balance being an American. A lot of people are making it equivalent to the Bill Cosby situation. Where like, do you stop watching the show because of what went on? Same thing we, how we deal with everything. We just find our little happiness in it and keep moving on. Okay, that's not the way to play it. All right. Also, Megan. I finally got to watch Megan on Peacock. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, First of all, I get why people enjoyed it so much, especially in a theater. Or you can be around other people voicing their opinions about what's happening in the film. First of all, you know what? Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. I, I, just, I, hmm. I fully understand why Megan is a fun watch for a group of people to watch. Because there's a lot of shenanigans that happen in that film where you're just like, okay, really? Okay, yeah. All right, and it's fun. It's a fun time. It's not going to be a movie where where you're watching critically and wondering, you know, what the mo, you know, the the mood is about or how they're going to unpack this. This is absolutely absolutely a watch it because you have the time. Just watch it for whatever's going to happen in the next scene type of movie. Because you're not going to all the scares that's supposed to happen. You're going to be too much thinking about. Yep, this doll just did this. And it's not supposed to, and we're sitting there talking about it, but no one's going to stop this. <laughs> we're just going to let well, it keep going. Supposedly, it's supposed to be like a satire almost on capitalism and greed and how like we're not focused on the should we, we're focused on the could we. <laughs> like this, uh, Megan starts downloading information that she's not supposed to and not supposed to be able to do. They're talking about it and they're like, oh, maybe we can fix it. It's too close to lunch. But and somebody's like, she's not supposed to be doing that. So the day he's talking about is her inventors. There's like a team of them. They work for a toy company. And I thought it was a pretty good parallel at the beginning of the movie where they show little kids enjoying these toy products, just like blissfully unaware. 
of the strings attached to all of this and all the adults very seriously taking notes on these children. You can see like, like the capitalism that we eventually hit once we're older and we're thinking about surviving in the real world. And you know, when you're a kid and you're not worried about any of that and the whole Megan thing and of her not being able or not supposed to be able to do other things. They set a parameter at the beginning of the movie where she's an evolving AI, which means they wanted her to be constantly learning because they didn't have time to program <laughs> program her themselves like in a detailed way. So they wanted her to just be able to expand her own knowledge base. And then when she starts doing it, they go, stop, Megan, stop. <laughs> Megan, go to sleep. <laughs> and then Megan wakes up and doesn't go to sleep. Megan starts killing folk. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy and fun and fun. That old lady had to go, by the way. She had to. Shoot, the little boy had to go. I thought I would never say that about You know what? Kyle. The little boy had to go too. He he straight He deserved up, it. He deserved his He was death. a murderer. So he yeah. <laughs> he was going to kill somebody eventually it was, when he became an adult. It was a stark contrast of introducing this little boy and then immediately he is beating the shit out of a little girl and then he's stealing Megan the toy from her and then beating the shit out of Megan and slowly undressing her and it doesn't make any sense. He was going to get a rape case eventually. It was eventually. so bizarre. He gets murdered. So, That's but, where his life was going. To jail. I thought it was fun. If you enjoy a good, almost like a, a black horror comedy, Megan is for you. You'll really enjoy it. It's just something to laugh at. <laughs> Which, who doesn't need that? It is trying times right it's now. Just a, it just was amazing to me how this doll would do things and they'd be like, Megan shouldn't be doing that. Or shouldn't be able to do that. And then they'd be like, eh, we'll fix it later. That was the point, though. They needed to create these moments where it was very apparent they needed to be more hands-on in what they were doing, and they just didn't want to. Basically, they made Megan an overprotective parent. They made her supposed to be like a babysitter for these children. Pretty much. And she was. She was a very successful babysitter. That killed anybody who hurt her child. (laughs) (laughs) But that was one of her protocols. They were like, protect her mentally, physically, and emotionally at all costs. By any means necessary yes so she was like bet done what else you want me to do death to everybody she killed a dog she killed an old lady she killed this kid she was going to kill her creator who tried to turn her off she was going to kill the little girl it was hilarious but in defense her creator was not paying her niece any attention her creator sucked so yeah yeah. so that's what happens but megan megan was fantastic as just a fun watch don't think it's going to be a serious horror film because it is not and that that's it for me that's it for me too all right do you like that we like that new episodes drop weekly so subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms because you know we like that like that we really like that really You've heard us talk about Love After Lockup. This is another iteration of that show. Life After Lockup follows the couples from Love After Lockup. So we can see all of the drama that happens once they are finally out of prison and have stayed out of prison for a minute. So the premise of these shows are basically you have inmates. who Former inmates. Former inmates who meet people on the outside. And some of the times there's a scam. Sometimes they're actually falling in love with these people. And then... You get to watch them when they get out and how their lives just fall apart from there. No. Sometimes. 
We get to see the dynamics of those relationships. Are they going to work? Are that's, they not going to work? That's the word. Uh-huh. What JoJo said. Interesting. My husband never calls me JoJo. This is an interesting turn of events. So It's killing me inside. <laughs> so, Life After Lockup is following several couples that we have already watched in Love After Lockup. We've got Blaine and Lindsay. Which is the first couple we're going to talk about. Okay. Then we've got uh, Derek and Monique. We also have Amber and Puppy, Chance and Taylor, Eris and Cameron, and let's not forget Sarah and Sean. Oh, God. We'll get to them. <laughs> so Short is up first. Blaine and Lindsay don't really have much of a storyline going on at the moment in yeah. these last two episodes. So Lindsay's been on... Love th- After Lockup. Two different variations or the same variation with two different dudes? She did Love After Lockup, and then she did Life After Lockup. Okay, so the first one was with an old white guy. The second one was with a, a black dude from... Another Love After Lockup. Another love, love After Lockup who lives in Virginia Beach. Who, even his mom said, bless his heart. Someone help my child. She... She's she not co- the brightest bulb in the kitchen. Okay. She constantly criticizes her son. And it's just like, why do you keep making these decisions? And he keeps getting hurt. He keeps proving her right every time. It's very interesting. He was all... So Lindsay hit him up in the DMs, I think, to get on another season of Love After Lockup because it worked. Okay. And um, it didn't work out. She ends up ditching him for her friend Blaine, who we also saw their romance spark in the same season. Season. Blaine came out and he said, I really want to be with Lindsay. I'm going to do whatever I got to get into Lindsay. This accent of yours. So... Because Blaine sounds like a robot. A southern robot? Yes, a southern robot. <laughs> a southern robot? With the draw? Get in the truck. <laughs> Lindsay, get in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a southern robot. You know if they made robots for each uh, coast uh-huh. region? Yeah, that's how I would talk. <laughs> talk so like Star Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. I like chocolates. Wasn't Forrest Gump also from Mississippi? Yeah. Yeah. Life's like a box, y'all. You never know what you're going to get. Anyway, Blaine, um, when he came onto the scene, was supposed to be this, like, trustworthy, cleaned himself up, pulled himself up by his bootstraps kind of guy, has a construction business, and was helping Lindsay out. In this new season, we find out Blaine got warrants. I got problems. He got a lot. 99 problems. And the cops are all of them. And Lindsay is another one. So it turns out Lindsay wasn't aware that he had active warrants against him. And she accuses him of keeping stuff from her. And she leaves in a huff. He's He has to face the lawyer on his own who straight up tells him it's going to be 15 grand to get this resolved. Actually, he didn't lie. I don't know where leaving out details became lies. Uh, it's just leaving out details. The law says it's called a lie of omission. No. It's legal. It has a legal standing. If you ask me, hey, where'd you go? I went to McDonald's. Then what's the detail you left out, Calvin? What's, you just asked me the, where I went. How I did, just told you I went to McDonald's. Okay, but you gave me a direct answer. Okay. When she was like, hey, I need you to help bail out my friend <laughs> in a prison. I can't. He said he couldn't because he had fines. I got fines. He doesn't have fines. He had active warrants. Actually, the fines turned into warrants. So technically, I told you the truth. No, only one of the fines turned into a warrant, and that's because he didn't respond to a previous warrant that was what he was supposed to show up in court for. I just left that detail. Still not a lie. Oh my Continue. gosh, those are lies. So anyway, 
She's upset. She wanders off. He's left to deal with the lawyer. Lawyer's like 15 grand or I can't help you. And you got to take this stuff seriously. He's like, he doesn't even bat an eye at the number. He just goes, okay. Okay. And then he goes to chase after Lindsay. Lindsay makes it very apparent that no matter what he says, she's not going with him. I'm getting a call, Lindsay. He speeds off. We cut cut to this new episode. Lindsay's walking barefoot, barefoot in the street, crying. Makeup a mess. Like it's, Shoes in her hands. Like it, it, the thriller video of Michael Jackson walking down the road with the girl. She Except with walked, no shoes. With no shoes. Only one person. And it's daytime this time. <laughs> it's daytime. In the middle of nowhere. So they're really trying to set up this whole scene of like Blaine and Lindsay are going through it because she didn't know about this. So he is refurbishing a trailer, according to my husband. I think it's a house. You don't refurbish trailers, exactly. ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. That's why it's a house. It's not a house. It's, it's a gotta trailer. be a house. The only time I've seen that happen is when people actually built outside the trailer uh-huh. and built around the trailer. Okay. And then that's refurbishing a trailer. Okay. No one goes inside and redoes a whole trailer. You can just buy a new one because it's going to cost about the same amount. <laughs> yes, it is trailer looking, but maybe they're trying to make it a house because it's demoed. It's they're taking, they're pulling pieces of wood out from inside. They don't have enough wood to put around the trailer. <laughs> so I'm assuming all that's supposed to go. I think that wood's for a porch that's supposed to go in the front. Okay, okay, maybe that's what they're doing because there's blueprints that Lindsay's looking. Lindsay has bare feet and she storms into this unfinished home that's got nails and everything everywhere. I'm just saying no one redoes the inside of a trailer <laughs> like that. That's all I'm saying. That makes no sense. The amount of money they put into that, they could have bought a whole new trailer maybe and had it dro- driven there and parked right there. Maybe it's a house. Agree to disagree. Okay. Anyway. So she enters the house. She enters the house and basically. I'm sorry. The trailer. The trailer. And basically has a, a, a heart to heart with Blaine. It's like, you can't keep stuff from me. We can't have secrets. He says, okay. Then he gets a good news from the lawyer. Turns out he may not have to pay that 15 grand. And he could do three years house arrest for all the stuff he's got going on. It's great to be Scandinavian. He's not even Scandinavian. He's just white. Anyway, so. It's great to be from the Caucasus Islands or mountains. <laughs> okay. Same thing. So that's them. So far in these last two episodes, not a whole lot's happening with them. Yeah. Then we're going to move to Amber and Puppy, who used to be favorites. They're just extra messy now. I'm very confused what's going on. Yeah. So Amber and Puppy met in jail. Yes. They tried to no, run. No, they met out of jail. They got close in jail. Well, yeah, they met out of jail, got close in jail. They tried to run a scam with a Navy dude on the first, on Love and, Love and Lockup, Yeah, our right? first introduction to them on Love, Love After Lockup. So, turns out, every time Amber kissed the guy, she kind of puked in her mouth a little. A lot. A lot. So. She wanted this dude to adopt Puppy, who's a grown adult. Which I did not know you can adopt adults. You can. I wish somebody would adopt me, a rich family would. Amber and Puppy fully worked out a deal where they thought they could scam him out of his BAH. Military doesn't work that way. They also didn't make it that far. So So then. Also, Amber has this thing where she gets drunk. She really, really likes girls. But only when she's drunk. Apparently in prison, her, Amber and Puppy were a couple. They called each other wifey and they were together. 
And then when they got out of jail, Puppy was under the assumption that they would just pick up and be a couple. And Amber was like, what are you talking about? We just friends. Apparently, jail is just like Vegas. What happens, whatever <laughs> happens there stays there, apparently. It doesn't follow you. Somehow, nothing leaves it. But they've shown us now two life after lockups with this with this couple, where if Amber gets very drunk, it's very apparent that she is into Puppy. But I'm, Puppy, I'm going to... Puppy, I'm going to lick your face right as now. As soon as she's sober, it's like it didn't happen. Get so. away, puppy. So we have Amber now dating a man named TC, and we got Puppy dating a man named Eric. Okay, so TC. Is that the couple you want to go after first? Yeah. Amber and TC? Okay. Yeah, Amber and TC. So TC was married when her and him and Amber met. Was he, he married? I thought he was yes, divorced. he left that detail out. He was married the whole time. No, it wasn't. Eric was married the whole time. Not TC. I'm sorry, Eric. You're right, Eric. Yeah, Eric. Wait to get. Oh, I mean, I think all these white people are blending together for you. Yes, they all look. <laughs> they can get mad, whatever. It's called life. TC was not married. He is divorced. Yeah. So Eric and Amber. Yes. Got to go with Amber. Got with Eric. He was married. Yes. Apparently, she didn't know he was married, even though he left her for weeks at a time. She knew he was married. She thought it was done. He told her it was done. Yeah. He left out the detail they weren't formally divorced. See, no, that's a lie. Which is, again, a lie of omission. He left out the detail. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, Eric was actively married. But he kept telling Puppy it was done, but it wasn't done legally or formally or anything. Well, what he said, it, I'm done there. I don't want to be here no more. Except that he would disappear for stretches of time, and it was very evident that he was seeing this person. I got to work, Amber. That's why I'm not. That's why I go away for two weeks. I go to two weeks for work. Then it turned out Eric had this huge rap sheet, and he was actually, he actually had some warrants out, and it was like, okay. It was a whole bunch. And then it turned out, like, towards the end of the previous seasons, Eric is like, no, I am divorcing her. And he was trying to show puppy paperwork, but all the paperwork was, um, what is it called? It was summons for him to come finish the divorce paperwork yes. that his wife started. So apparently he didn't want to leave his wife because his wife was taking good care of him. This is assumptions. We don't know that's true. There was I'm <laughs> going to put my money on That's what, what's going on. It, it, it does seem like that. Because now since he got the divorce, Struggle. All the bills he had is coming back to get him. So that's what we found out in this latest episode. Eric is dealing with a lot of financial issues. There's a lot of taxes due on the home. Plus, they're late. So now there's fines on top of that. Uh, they're struggling to meet, to make ends meet right now. And he doesn't want puppy working. I don't know why you won't let me help him. I just want to help him. Yeah, I, he won't I, let me help him. I don't understand the logic of that. Why? I mean, I mean, I understand it's a part of a control thing. But why not I let them work? I don't think that has anything to do with the control thing. Really? No. You don't think him wanting to know where she is at all times and having her not work so she's dependent on him is no. a control thing? No. Interesting. I just think there are dudes who think they're better than what they really are. What does he gain by her not working in your eyes if it's not a control thing? What does he gain? Well, maybe you're right. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now that you say it, sounds about right. Okay. So so he's like frustrated. She's frustrated because she's like, I can help. I could work. I could help you get these bills paid. <clears throat> Puppy feels that she's not an equal to Eric. And that's how Eric views her. He views her as like this sad thing that he is taking care of. 
and yet she stays with him. So there's just, it's, I have many questions. Puppy is very broken. Yeah. So, she got a lot of things going on. So let's move to the other train wreck that is starting with Amber and TC. <laughs> which, by the way, she never, never had argued with him before. TC got introduced in the last Life After Lockup, and Amber was head over heels for this dude. She kept talking about how this dude was so different, how they don't fight, everything is beautiful, and then uh, immediately we see them get into a fight. Uh, it was around her reaction to Puppy coming to a party. She almost tried to choke Puppy out in front of Air, uh, TC's kids. Then TC doesn't like her hanging around Puppy all the time. There's that factor, and then there's also apparently the factor that TC thinks Puppy and Eric are drug dealers, and we find out in, at the tail end of the last episode and into this one that the reason he thinks that is because Amber was like, oh yeah, Puppy and Eric are drug dealers. And she got very mad at that. She so got very mad that she he got pointed mad at, that out she and got he mad, put it on her. She got mad at him for pointing out the detail that she told him. Yeah. On camera. On camera. Yeah. Don't you wish that even on me, TC. I didn't say that. <laughs> Basically, like, she got uh, very upset. Uh, okay. Because she got caught in her own uh, stuff. But so they're also dealing with a couple of things. Amber had to have a abortion recently because she found out her liver, her liver is terrible. It's barely hanging in there. She probably needs a transplant. Um, and but she, she doesn't stop drinking. She keeps drinking and smoking. Um, she found that if she... Because it's delicious. If she maintained her pregnancy, uh, she could die because her liver is so bad. According to her, her doctors told her that there was a strong risk that she'd have to deal with a lot of complications by maintaining the pregnancy. So she chose to not maintain it, even though TC was vehemently against that. He wanted her to keep the baby. Because he doesn't believe in abortion. So now TC's working out in his garage like The Walking Dead is going to happen any month now. We do open to him trying to punch a punching bag and he's just like exhausted. And he has like a random, well then he's from Georgia so random stuff in your garage is not very random. <laughs> he said that's par for the course for yeah, Georgia. It's just being country as hell. That's all it is. <laughs> so they pick up their fight from the evening before which is when he called Amber out on the fact that the only reason he thinks puppy and Eric are drug dealers is because she told him that. Um, and she tries to explain, listen, I also was doing it. I was trying to say that, yes, I thought they were doing that, but that's because I used to do it. And she, it's a very strange way to explain that she was speaking out the side of her neck about her friend and didn't want to get caught speaking out the side of her neck about a friend. Um, but he also brings up again, that he doesn't think it's worth it for Amber to hang around puppy. He thinks puppy is a danger to Amber's freedom for yes to her freedom. She could go back to jail. Cause she's technically going to be on probation until her sixties Yeah, for, she has some heavy duty charges. So, yeah. and she's managed to keep her nose clean this, so far, but he feels like if she keeps hanging out with puppy, it's a countdown clock. It's till she starts doing time. her stuff's again. So they're dealing with that. So that's Amber and puppy. That is Amber and puppy. Where are we going next? Let's move to, um, Chance and Taylor really fast. Chance and Taylor, we met in Love After Lockup. Taylor is a single mom of three very beautiful girls. And her backstory is so sad. It's Apparently so all sad. Her, her last fiance died. Yes. She was, um, I want to say, no, they didn't get the chance to get married. She was engaged to a man who was actually the father of her daughters. Uh, he was a big love of her life. He got into an accident and he was gone. And she had a very hard time coming back from that. 
And then she started talking to Chance in prison. So the problem in their relationship now is that Chance has a lot of debt. Chance likes to shop and buy things. Not just like anything, all the things. All the things. Doesn't matter the price point. He's like, so in Life After Lockup, we saw him come out of jail and immediately he was like, I am going to, I'm going to try to get a job. But he was buying stuff to fix up a spare room in the garage. But I don't even think that got completed. He bought a whole new home. He bought a truck. He bought, he, mind you, he just got out of prison. He does not have the funds for this. But he had access for credit cards because he was using Taylor's income as <laughs> as a price point to get all this stuff. So now that we're in a new season of Life After Lockup, uh, he doesn't have any access to those limits anymore because he's overspent on all of them. He bought a pressure washer because he's thinking about a future business. She's mad at that. He's thinking long term. She's thinking now. Oh my gosh, Calvin. He bought, uh, that wasn't even her main point. The point is she bought a pressure washer that's about 400 bucks when he told her we can't pay our electric bill, which is two something because we don't have it right now. How did you buy a pressure washer when we can't pay our electric bill? What's her point? Don't worry about that. I got the pressure washer for my future business. <laughs> and when my future Gosh. business takes off, we're not have to worry about all the other stuff. Every... I'll be able to pay everything off. So right now, that's their, how it's going to work. Their rift is that Taylor knows Chance is keeping stuff from her. She thinks it's money related. He's taking calls in the bathroom. Uh, no, he's being real sketchy. She thinks he's cheating. I guess Yeah, she so. thinks she's cheating. She doesn't really know how bad his finances are. And this is where I blame him. Hey, you let her mind wander, it's going to wander. She's also pregnant. So, oh, yeah. Like what? Six months? Six months or so. She's she's definitely further down. Those hormones, oh, that's not helping anything. So. And oh, by the way, he bought a, a ticket for his 18-year-old son to come, which we just found out about. We don't know if he was able to buy it. So he, we found out this episode, he has an 18-year-old son that he doesn't really have a relationship with because he was in jail mm-hmm. for a good portion of this child's life. And also the mother of this child didn't want him anywhere near the baby. <laughs> so, But now he's like taking it upon himself to be like, listen, I'm going to be that dad. Let me fly you out to where I am to do this. Because I have non-baller status, even though I'm going to figure it out. Clearly, he does not have the money to do this. Plane tickets are ridiculously expensive. And he takes this... Let's talk about it. We'll figure it out. He, he takes this approach that it's not that he can't afford the ticket. It's that Taylor might tell him no. And we can't have that now, can we? Basically, he starts saying, like, she can't come between me and my son. Mind you, I don't even think she knows about this plan whatsoever. She doesn't even know about the son, Javon. Forget the plan. She doesn't even know about the son. I know she doesn't know about the son. So let's start there. The fact that she probably doesn't know he has 18 years. It's just very interesting. This twist of logic of like, can you even afford the ticket? That doesn't matter. Taylor might block me and stop me from having a relationship with my son. It's and like, that's that, going to be a goddamn problem. Is that the focus? What is You've got this poor girl at a thrift shop looking to see if she can get secondhand baby clothes. <sighs> Nothing wrong with getting secondhand baby clothes, but she doesn't even know if she can afford it because of all the stuff that's going on right now. And then he comes home with this $400 power washer. And it's sad because she's a nice girl. She's a nice girl. And she's like, yo, I was living better as a single mom with three girls. She talks about how her credit uh, My rating credit is down because of him. 
yes, her credit rating has plummeted. And she can't, she's like, she doesn't understand how this is amassing so quickly with his choices, the way he's doing it. And she does bring up the fact that like, listen, I was a single mom of three girls. And to her credit, she had a home. She had a full house. By the way, going in the bathroom and just running the water, it's just going to run up your water bill. When you're really that on the phone, that you can't pay already. <laughs> when you're on the phone, looking at the bills that you can't already pay, so he didn't help himself either. We need to turn the lights off at eight o'clock, sir. Turn the lights off at eight o'clock. Ain't gonna help you with the with the bill with the electric electric bill. Trust me. It was so that's what they're dealing with. Um, let's get into Calvin's favorite couple, and that is Eris and Cameron. Oh yes. And we just met Eris and Cameron. They were on the most recent Love After Lockup. Eris is a data entry person who met Cameron in while Cameron was in prison. Another pen pal situation. She fell head over heels for this dude. This is where you can tell when someone doesn't love themselves enough. This? Yes. All the other couples know this is the one? Yeah. Calvin. Okay. All right. Poor yeah. Taylor and Chance. No. But this one is it. This is the one. Taylor, Chance was cool. Amber and, and Puppy. Till he started making bad uh, financial decisions. Puppy. Amber, Puppy. I think they just need to go to be together, but that's just me. They should go ahead and be together, but that's not going to happen. Anywho, we're talking about er- Eris and uh, Cameron. I want to know why you think this means she doesn't love herself. <laughs> Although all the couples we've been talking about with their own issues... Why is she the one for you that is like the definition of somebody who doesn't love themselves? Because I think she, I know she can do better. Eris is a very pretty person. She's very gorgeous. I know she gets hit, hit on a lot. Like women in general, I don't care how you have to look really, really bad. And even then, you're still going to get hit on at least once or twice. <laughs> you're still going to get hit on once or twice. I, the amount of penile or penises you block on a daily basis has to be a lot. Oh, my God. I don't want to count. I don't want to know. Oh, my goodness. But I think she could do a lot better him. Continue and let, tell the Well, you're not about. alone in that. So we open it up with Eris and Cameron. Cameron's made it to Tampa, Florida, which is where Eris lives. In love after lockup, they were having arguments about him moving down there because he didn't. He wasn't sure if he wanted to be that far away from family, getting out of jail so soon. No, that wasn't, that wasn't the problem. The problem oh. is he drinks. And he drinks. Yeah. He drinks to get drunk. He get he gets he drinks to forget his name. Yeah. Well past drunk. So and then when they get into it, he'd be like, "Didn't divorce me." I'm like, wow, that's we just went wow. It's not like let's talk about it, just straight divorce. Okay, cool. This is a situation where they got married really quick and fast in a hurry. His family wasn't even aware what was going on. He came out on like a Friday. They were getting married by Sunday, and they were like, "Yo, what is?" Even happening, Eris and Cameron's family aren't, but when we left, weren't on good terms. The family was trying to have some like little get together. She wasn't feeling well and didn't go, but the way Cameron explained it was not that at all to this family. So then the family tried to call her. It was a whole situation. And so then Cameron was like, maybe I shouldn't be moving to Tampa. By the way, public service announcement. If you're in a relationship and your significant other doesn't come to the family picnic, don't say she didn't come because she doesn't want to be around you. <laughs> don't say that. It's not a good look. Make up something. Make up something. <laughs> She's sick. 
She's but, throwing up from the from the mouth and the other end. Say something. To be fair, she was sick. But don't she say didn't that. feel good. So, yeah, he could have said that, but he didn't. He did not, but he made his way down to Tampa, Florida. We open up with them reuniting, and apparently it feels so good. She has bought a home for them. I don't know how these ladies are finding the funds to do this, but she's bought a home for the both of them. And uh, she's super excited about it. We also get a her dad's perspective. She gets on the, her dad calls her in the midst of all this happiness and is basically like, why did I find out on Facebook that you're married? Well, I found on Facebook you married. Right. You didn't tell your father? Well, I mean, to be fair, the only family that was at the wedding was her daughter. Basically, the reason I didn't tell her dad because dad, I'm like, you're stupid. You shouldn't do this. Eris claims that she has a close relationship with her father and she didn't tell him because she knew what he would say. Which in my mind is what any code rational for, person would he say. He would have talked me out of it. <laughs> like he would have told me. Any that rational person would have done. And immediately her dad is like, You could have done way better. I'm so disappointed in, <laughs> in you and this decision. So in this episode, and... he gets down to Tampa and he has I have a surprise for you. And well, she's like, Well That's not even the first of it. First she says the AC in the house doesn't work. And he's like, I can pay to have that fixed. And she goes, where are you getting the money? Don't ask where I get the money. That's basically what he says. And she talks about how, like, he might have ways to get this money, but ain't none of them legal. I get it how I get it, cuz. And then he's like, don't worry about that. Let me give you this surprise. So you get some muffin time. Is that it? Oh, he also talks about muffin time, which is their code for sex. It's kind of cute. Peanut butter jelly time. That's bizarre. That is a bizarre That's the same song thing. that you use. That's the song you used to dance to all the time in the club. What's that got to do with Muffin Time? Okay. He just did a hand gesture. That means nothing. So, basically. I concur. He's like, I've got a surprise for you. He drives her to a very random place. But it turns out it's a beachfront. And then he walks her to this elaborate luxury dinner on the beach. With a personal chef, catering. I got you eating gold steak, cuz. Rose petals in the sand. It is real shawty. It's real shawty. I got gold you. infused steak. Gold infused inside steak, shawty. Like it's very elaborate and clearly very expensive. And she's like, "I love it. How are you paying for it? Don't worry about that, shawty. Shawty, I, I get it in, shawty. He basically tells her with a very serious face. Don't ever ask how I get my money, shawty. <laughs> Don't ever ask how I'll get my money, y'all. Don't real. All you got to do is reap the benefits, y'all. Like, borderline threatening. I was like, dang, okay. But she shuts up and she eats and she enjoys herself. She watches Who's her going to stop that? Of course she's going to shut up and eat. Because the next word might be, hey, you can eat this or whatever. In my mind, I'm thinking, we have video footage of me participating in a potential crime. Do I want to go to jail for this person? No. No, I don't. I like freedom. I like my freedom. I don't think it's that deep. I think that's probably his little rap money. That's what he said. He's got a few pennies pinched away somewhere. But you really think his rap money gave him that kind of money? Javon, we know his rap money didn't do it. We know that's probably leftover money from drugs. We know that. We know his little rap career didn't do that. We all know that. I don't know why we sitting there acting like this. First of all, no one knows who he is. No one can <laughs> tell you a song. He's a so of course it's leftover drug money. It of is. course it is. It's very elaborate. I mean, it's very sweet. 
in like effort, but it's also like, why? How is this happening? Anyway, so then we cut from them. We don't get too much storyline out of them. Um, who else do we have to talk about? Oh, let's talk about Calvin's favorite, and that is Sarah and Sean, his other favorite, Sarah and Sean. Mm. Sean is honestly a piece of shit, and they keep adding him to the Sean show. Sean is a, a 50-year-old man. He is older than that. A 60-year-old man. <laughs> who, no, I think he's 48. I don't even think he's that old. Who hasn't figured out that he's how a grown man. to be a man yet. Oh my gosh. He's so, still trying to figure after 19 kids, he's still trying to figure it out. So Sean got introduced into Love After Lockup. He was in love with an inmate. Uh, and this inmate was very close to beating the brakes off this man. Then we found out he had another inmate that he was seeing, and that is Sarah, who we're seeing now. He was talking to both of these women at the same time and kind of just playing the odds of like who's going to work out. When the other one didn't work out, he moved to Sarah. And then, <laughs> but they actually ended up getting married sean has six kids by another woman who he never married who he, he never married was she told sarah this is who sean is yeah they I, ha- now and i can get sometimes women not trusting other women who've been with a guy telling them something mm-hmm. i can get that mm-hmm. but this lady had years in like years mm-hmm. she had six kids the look on her face when she was talking to her was not that of hate or animosity. I, I wouldn't even it say was, I'm trying to get my man back look. It was, yeah. it looked like she was tired. Look, girlfriend, I'm going to try to help you. <laughs> Run. Don't look back. Whatever you do, don't look back. She's like, I made the mistake six times. You don't need to do this to yourself. When Sean and Sarah got married, it was very tumultuous because a lot of Sean's kids were like, what the hell is even happening right now? Are you fucking kidding me? And then it came out that Sarah was pregnant. And so they were like, what are you, are you trying to play house right now? You have six kids. Let's play house. At least three of them are almost grown. And now you're pretending to be like dad of the year. And it was a whole thing. And that only lasted maybe, uh, how many episodes? I want to say three. Yeah. But, but that was of the last season. So about three of the last seasons. But it was a core part of their storyline of like, how is Sean going to juggle actually being a father to all these right. children? I don't make things right. I don't be there for you guys. Sean keeps talking about how like he understands he wasn't there for them. Mind you, they're all grown. But he's like, I understand that I wasn't there for you. I'm going to try my best now. So when we start this new season, it's him saying he's trying to establish relationships with his children. And that includes apparently playing video games i don't think he's playing with his kid but that's my own opinion so sarah's like hey sean would you like to come help me upstairs to further paint that picture she's just had the baby apparently she's feeling a little insecure and she has fully put on some kind of baby doll teddy situation to like spice things up and he completely ignores her and basically smushes her face and goes and plays the game he goes upstairs eventually Eventually, <laughs> she has rigged a child swing to the ceiling. Oh, that was part of her spice. So in to- on top of the fact that she's wearing this baby doll slash Teddy situation, she put she managed to install an adult swing to the ceiling, which I don't think is sound. I don't think that's sound. She's skinny. It's nothing's going to happen. He's the one who got in it, Calvin, not her. So she's trying to get him in the mood. It didn't, uh, it didn't work. It didn't work. 
So now she feels ugly, yucky, and used. She doesn't feel prioritized by Sean. So now that gives her comblage to go hook up with her ex. Except he's in rehab. So it turns out she's like, I'm, I've decided to, to reopen the doors to my first baby daddy. And it's this man named Anthony. Apparently Anthony was a big love of Sarah's life. He's actually the father of her daughter. And they don't have a good relationship because he does the drug us. They told Anthony to go to rehab and he finally said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's kind of kept her distance because of all of his antics. And, you know, she's recently out of prison. So there's that. But she's like, yeah, I'm going to open the door to try to start talking to Anthony again. So she's kind of started talking to him. She thought she was going to meet him in person in this most recent episode. But his sister is the one that shows up. And then we find out Anthony has checked himself into rehab. Because Anthony is in rehab. He's trying to get clean. He says he wants to have a relationship with his daughter. And more than that, he wants to get back with Sarah. Does Sean even know that's her ex's baby? Yes. She said early on that Sean doesn't like Anthony or anybody or talking about Anthony at all. Well, he's going to really hate Anthony when he finds out Anthony's about to get them digits again so even after all of that when she comes back home from all of these field trips there's a scene of her cooking in the kitchen or i I presume cooking in the kitchen or just doing something in the kitchen with the baby she looks exhausted sean comes home from his job immediately jumps into his game chair and starts playing his video game (laughs) and she gets pissed no let's go this way guys you know what Anybody got the shotgun? Where's the shotgun? I need the shotgun. He also does this thing where he completely blocks out everything. So even though she's calling for him from another room, he is not responding. She has to get in his face before he's like, oh, what's happening? What do you mean? What do you need? So she slaps the the headset off his head. (laughs) Eventually. So first they fight in the kitchen. She manages to get his attention. He comes into the kitchen and she goes and leans into him about how she feels she has not appreciated. She needs help with the baby. She feels she shouldn't have to ask for these basic things. And she needs him to step up. And he's like, I'm stepping up for my other kids. Trying to be everything to everybody. And it's hard. It's hard. Okay? It's hard being a man. You don't, you don't know nothing. You just sit on with a baby and go goo goo gaga all morning. I get to go up here and provide for my 19 other kids and you. It, it's, he doesn't even say any of that. So then. That's what he was thinking, Javon. I doubt it. So he no, basically he tells thinking. her he doesn't know where this is coming from. He feels like this is all coming out of nowhere. He doesn't understand what this is, why this is happening. And Sarah point blank tells him, listen, I'm not your ex. I'm not going to sit here and keep having baby after baby for you. I'm going to leave. Which is, a, which is a typical man move. Deflect. De- <laughs> Pretend you don't know and deflect. deflect. Continue. Gaslight. Gatekeep. So Sean's like, I hear you. I understand. He picks up the baby. He goes, go ahead and take a shower. Relax. I got the baby. And she goes, thank you. She goes upstairs for like two seconds. She like listens for a little bit. It goes downstairs and we find out he's right back on the fucking game. Like he hasn't done it. He didn't do anything she said. Actually, he did. It's not hard to watch a baby. The baby's nowhere near him. Okay. He put that baby back in its little rocker in the kitchen. That's how men watch kids. (laughs) We put them in a place. We listen for noises. If we don't hear a noise, everything's good. She gets pissed, and that's where she smacks the headphone off his head and is like, you are not listening. Sounds like to me she didn't want a break. She just wanted a neck. <laughs> Sean's right. She just wants a neck. So basically, 
she she's saying she's done like it's very clear she's very frustrated but she also chose to be with this man when he told her straight to her face she was the second choice so i missed that. that conversation remember when he was dating uh what's her face the other is it crystal what's her i name? don't know we don't need to go into destiny into... he yeah. was dating another inmate and her at the same time and he chose the other one and then that didn't work. So then he got with Sarah. Because that's one of the reasons she got mad at him. Was like, are you kidding me? She thought she was her destiny. Turned out to be his pain. Oh, gosh. It was a whole thing. So that's where we kind of left it off. Uh, Sean learned nothing. Abby is very angry. She's also trying to reach out to her baby daddy, Anthony. We also found out she never told her daughter who her father was. So there's also that in the air. So that's Sarah and Sean. Okay. Now to my favorite couple uh, they're all his favorite couple this is our last couple the sixth couple and that is Derek and Monique we just finished watching them in the most recent love after lockup yep so pretty much Derek is the inmate Monique was the person who's making contact to the prison oh that whole story to be with Derek did I tell you the context she gave she's getting a lot of heat right now online because a lot of people are dissecting what we're watching on the show mm-hmm and a lot of people are saying that she didn't have confidence in herself. And she's like, that was not it. I always had confidence in myself. She says she was technically dating somebody when she first started talking to talking to Derek. Huh. So she's a cheater. She said she wasn't looking for anything specifically. She also said she wasn't hounding pen pal sites. It just happened to pop up on her computer. Let me explain something called an algorithm. So an algorithm looks at things that you normally click on and suggests things to you based on your habits of clicking. So if a pen prison pen pal site pops up, something told that al- algorithm, hey, she might click on this. And she clicked on it. Thank you, Dr. Jojo. <laughs> I'm just saying. She made it sound like I wasn't looking. It just popped up. And then this happened and this other thing happened. So according to her, she's been dating people. It's never been a confidence thing. She just started talking to Derek as a friend. She wasn't interested in his face. She liked his words. Okay. Yeah. He looks like little John to me. And she's like, we took our time. We talked for two years. And my argument is you didn't have the, the choice to take your time. He was in prison for those two years. So... So, but so basically, what? Okay, I need to stop using that word. <laughs> so what happened was, Derek cheated on her, I guess, when she went back to. So at the end Chicago? of of Love After Lockup, is that what's in Chicago? But yeah. I think I thought he was in. No, he's in Ohio. He's in Ohio. I think she lives in Chicago. So at the end of Love After Lockup, Monique had traveled to him in Ohio. To spend time with him. And then she was going to go back to maybe Chicago. Um, you know, because she works and lives there. And the plan was for him to like get settled or figure out how to transfer his probation to be closer to her. In those, in that short time span, he cheated on her. With, I guess, 10 different women? He later admits to 10, at least 10 different people. And she got wind of it. Monique got wind of it. Well, she should have. She had enough cameras put up in his grandma's place. So she should have saw some. Every <laughs> so her sisters included is wondering why the heck she's still pursuing this relationship with this person, and she's just like, "Well, he's apologized, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna try to make it work." Oh, by the way, she told him she might be pregnant. Yes. So he went and got a pregnancy test. She tells him that she's late. 
meaning her period hasn't arrived yet. So he buys a pregnancy test for her and she flips out. Like it's an accusatory stance. And then he decides to do something stupid, which all dumb men do. <laughs> he he runs decides his mouth. to run his mouth at the wrong time and tell her, might have had another girl pregnant too he tells her he wants to confirm whether or not she's pregnant now because he had another situation with his side piece who also said she was late and or pregnant and then it turned out she wasn't and in his mind she was doing that as a way to keep him near her then it goes into you had unprotected sex with her and you had unprotected sex with me i mean that's a valid concern first of all um another public service announcement oh here we go um protection is a woman's please don't semi responsibility please don't please don't we're not going to protect you or ourselves oh my god we're not oh my gosh how many guys have had condoms and hey i want to use a condom please first. don't promote this idea that guys aren't responsible how many guys that you talk to presented a condom first I've, I've had that situation happen, yes. How many? Why do you need a number? Because it's going to prove my point. Okay. How many? Two. You're lying. No. You want to put business out there? I put business out there. You want me to say names? Let's not put business out there. <laughs> but the jury, I like to say she's lying. I'm just Your saying, Honor. I can understand from a certain generational perspective, you're like, the guy is just going to focus on his needs and not prepare. Well, to However, a, to our listeners, be honest. If you don't bring it up as a woman, that guy is not going to bring it up. We're not. I don't think it's a woman's responsibility by herself. If you want to be, have if protection. you want to be protected, you're going to have to bring it up. I'm just saying, in the context of what we're just about to talk about, you're saying Monique brought this on herself? No. Because no. she didn't have a plan for protection? Eh. If I'm pretty sure, you know how many, so he cheated with her with 10 girls, right? Oh my gosh. You want to know how many of those girls he raw dogged? All 10 of them. That I agree with. I agree he robbed all, all 10 of them. But I don't subscribe to this notion that a woman Surprise. has to be the one to bring protection into I'm the I'm just situation. saying. Guys aren't scared of contracting things. Laws is not AIDS and something we can't get rid of. Lord, just not AIDS. We do the Hail Marys. We do the prayers. And we go. What about the babies? You guys aren't concerned about the babies you're making? And this is why there's lots of babies out there. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Explains uh, a lot now, doesn't it? The disappointment I have right now. So Sorry. That's just, this is, I'm just, I don't know how to react to this. So that's what's going on right now. Monique finds out that yes, Derek cheated, but also it was raw dogging. So she's like, you could have gave me an STI or an STD. You weren't thinking about my health. And he basically was like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly. thinking about your health. That's every man's answer. <laughs> and they get into it. Sorry. And then they kind of make up and she invites him to come meet her sisters for a dinner. Another public service announcement. If you're going to bring somebody to meet your family and you already told them all the bad things. Well, actually, she didn't. She was expecting that. Continue. I'm sorry. She was expecting that. That's the whole point of her bringing him in. So. 
He but wasn't expecting it. We find out Monique's not pregnant because he had her take that test. It, it's fine. She says he's got to take an STD or STI test, which you can now buy at your CVS pharmacy. I'm pretty sure he didn't, but they go on to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did, but he went on to dinner with her and her sisters. All right. So when he shows up to meet the sisters, they immediately grill him. He's like, hey, how y'all doing? They're like, cool. So why are you cheating on my sister? Um, and he's kind of like, where is this coming from? He tries to paint the picture that like he wasn't the only one in the wrong. Yes, he did a bad thing, but uh, he wasn't the only one who did bad things, basically. He talks about how Monique talked to him a certain way. She called him a bitch. She called him out his name constantly. And the sisters are quick to be like, how does that excuse you cheating? And he's like, well, you know, I had my little side pieces here or there. This is another instance where he's run his mouth and told on himself because they're only aware of one. So now they're like, what do you mean side pieces? And it's a whole situation. Derek seems to talk himself into trouble. A lot. All the time. A lot, a lot. Her sisters also say Monique is stuck on stupid. And I can't help but agree. They have this whole little aside conversation where they're like, it's glaringly obvious she doesn't need to stay with Derek. Like, it's very obvious this is a terrible plan. But she's still sticking to it for whatever reason. And we don't really understand it. And then Derek decides, you know what would be a good time to bring this up right now? I need you all to come with me to my sister's party. This is the same sisters that hate Monique. They do not like this girl. They trash her every chance they get. So we all know this is going to be a destruction and a disaster. So, <laughs> and that's where we left off. Yeah. All right, thank you for tuning in for We Like That podcast. Because we like that. If you enjoy this podcast, please stick around. More chaotic episodes are coming down the pike. I'm Joe. I'm Calvin. We'll see you next time.